The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to E-Commerce Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about how you can launch, grow, and scale your e-commerce business. Joining us for e-commerce growth week is Roly Saxiano, who's the president of AdRoll, which is an e-commerce marketing platform that gives growing D2C brands the power to connect with customers wherever they are. AdRoll's machine learning engine uses established data on over 70% of the world's online shoppers to predict behavior, ad engagement, and store performance better than anyone. And in addition to being our guest today, Roly and AdRoll are a sponsor of the MarTech podcast. So far this week, Roly and I have talked about operationalizing your e-commerce business, what drives awareness for e-commerce, how you could scale using content and community. And yesterday we talked about extending the lifetime value of your customer which led us to an interesting point, the competition between the value of your e-commerce data and your customer's privacy. All right, here's the fourth installment of E-Commerce Growth Week with Roly Saxena from AdRoll. Roly, happy Friday and welcome back to E-Commerce Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. Happy Friday to you too. Excited to continue our conversation and land the plane. Sad we won't be chatting for a little while, but we've covered a lot of ground, everything from how do you get an e-commerce store set up? Pretty easy now with Shopify to how do you stand out in a crowd? You can use content, use community, blend in some ads. Think about extending the lifetime value of your customer. Don't just acquire customers, but try to keep them. And at the end of yesterday's episode, we talked about five different ways to extend your customer's lifetime value, which were something along the extent of use the data you have to remarket to them, get them to buy more stuff, get them in a subscription model, have partnership programs where other businesses can take advantage of your customers. I'm sure I'm missing one, but one of the data points that we talked about was you can resell the data that you're collecting from your customers to other brands who might be interested in your target market. Now, this is kind of a hot button issue these days because you have to balance not only the value of the data you get from your customers, but also their privacy. In today's world, how do you think about making the right decision for your customers and their well-being and your bottom line? We are at a very interesting point in the evolution of the internet. With on one hand, we are, to your point, we are sort of starting to see the tension between consumers wanting access to more 
control over their data, making sure that there is enough data privacy segments and with the growth of a lot of the regulations that have been coming in with GDPR and CCPA. So that's sort of one tension versus the tension around actually consumers wanting to have a very personalized experience. Google ran a research in 2019, which basically showed that more than half of consumers who were surveyed wanted to have a personalized experience, wanted to actually have promotions and deals be sent to them based on their past purchases. A third of that same population actually went out and said, you know, we are willing to even have the e-commerce company know details like, hey, if I'm on a site buying pants, they know what my pants size is, so I don't need to go back and re-enter all that data. So there's a healthy tension between consumers wanting to make sure that their data is kept in safeguard while also making sure that there is a level of personalization. So the question is, selling the data to third party is questionable in my mind. I think it is the rise as I think about it is personalization will continue to be a huge priority for consumers. They will engage in brands that will personalize to their experience. However, they want to make sure they have control over that data and who has access to that data. That's where I see the trend moving. And one example of that is Apple, with their recent update, gave consumers an option to opt out from being tracked. And 96% of consumers who downloaded that update did opt out from tracking. That said, it'll be interesting to see how that trend shifts over time as their experience declines. It's all about positioning here. And it's funny that It's such a popular topic in the media, and I separate myself from being part of the media. I would say that podcasting and and what I do is kind of a new media, but traditional media points at Facebook and Google and says, you packaged up all the data and you sold it for a profit and nobody likes that experience and boohoo you, you took my personal information, which I gave to you, which I typed into your search engine and you gave it to everyone. And that sounds evil, right? On the flip side, I keep clicking on the ads in Instagram because they keep bringing me stuff that I want to buy. And and by the way, there's no shopping malls that are any good, specifically for men right now. The commerce experience, retail experience for men, it's gone. There's no place for me to go and buy pants. I have to go online to do it. And the only place I could do it is knowing what the brands are to search for. And by the way, I can't find them anymore without knowing who they are. So I have to go to Google or Facebook brings it to me. And so we're in this weird position where like, Do you want companies to take your data, sell it to other vendors, provide you another experience? No, of course not. What about my privacy? Don't get me wrong. I believe in people having the right to decide on how their information is used, and they should have privacy when they want it. But if you ask me, do I want to be tracked? I click no all of the time, and I don't even know why I'm in marketing. It's just how they're positioning the question. Do you want to be tracked? No, of course not. Do you want ads that are relevant when you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, whatever? Well, yeah, I mean, that's how I find a lot of stuff that I buy. So how do marketers reconcile this of it's an easy thing to point out to say, no, I don't want to be tracked, but we want access to that data and we want to be able to use it. And that data does have value and we can have business development relationships. Let's say if I'm in an e-commerce business, we used Vessi yesterday. I bought a pair of shoes from this brand. And they're a athletic shoe brand. What if they're in a collaboration with another e-commerce company, like my favorite brand, Miles, and they share data to know if I'm in the market for shoes, maybe I need socks. What's wrong with that experience and how should consumers and marketers feel about it? I think as long as brands are open and transparent in what they are tracking the data for and how that's going to deliver value for the consumer. So for example, the two examples that I shared with you, 
more than half of the consumers that Google had surveyed were completely comfortable with their data being tracked specifically for making sure that they are actually getting promotions and deals based on their past purchases. So this there's a use case, there's a reason, and consumers are comfortable with data being tracked in a specific way. So as long as there is that open transparency around that, as long as brands are actually explicitly taking consent. And so what I found is there are tools available for you to really be able to get that consent from your consumers in terms of why you're collecting the data and what is this going to be used. At the end of the day, I think the reality is the privacy and privacy regulations are here to stay. It is about brands, how they really adapt their technology and tools around being able to collect the right data, like first party data, in order to really make the experience more meaningful and easy for the consumers. I think consumers would be fine with it. I think this hesitance is really about giving complete consent over taking your data and selling it to anyone. And so, look, the Cambridge Analytica example or that history it's still very top of mind for a lot of consumers like myself. And I don't want my data necessarily to be sold to organizations that are going to leverage to start impacting political influences. So the more the brands are transparent with what that data is going to be used for, the more we kind of shift our mindset towards more of the first party data, that's sort of the trend we'll start seeing happen over time. I agree with you. Using your e-commerce data to influence things outside of e-commerce feels icky. Yeah. I do also think that there is value. And look, I'm playing the flip side of the coin here, and I don't want everybody to think that I'm like, no, everybody should be able to sell your data and, and do what they want with it. But for the sake of a business perspective, the data I collect as an e-commerce player is valuable. And I'm sure that there are exchanges where I can trade it. How do I understand what the value of my data is and how do I weigh the option of some of the other concerns, whether it's right or wrong, should I be selling the data or not? How do you value and make that decision for yourself? The jury is out there and there is a lot of debate and discussion and it is evolving in terms of how and when and where it makes sense to really be allowed and what data is it allowed to really have one organization that collects the data sell it to another one. And I think this is where the user level consent becomes really meaningful and important. Look, the tension between the two elements that we just talked about is real, and it is evolving. And as consumers get more and more comfortable with specific set of their data being available for personalization experience and better experience for themselves versus data actually being exposed and being sold outside of their convenience. I appreciate you very carefully saying that's up to you and I'm not exactly sure because no one is sure. That's what I'm hearing from you. And I think that that's the right answer is, hey, don't be a slime ball, right? Don't take your customer's data and sell it to the highest bidder who may be doing nefarious things with it. That's wrong. If you have partnerships where you are co-marketing with similar brands, well, now you're in some gray area and it's up for you as a marketer, as a business owner, and as a member of the society we live in to make that decision. I think outside of just the raw selling of data, what I'm interested to hear your thoughts on and also how AdRoll manages this is, what are the other ways that you can derive value out of that data from just purely I've got some information about a person. How do I sell it? How do you use the data to your best advantage except for explicitly, without explicitly selling it to another company? So for us, one of the things that I think I'd mentioned earlier, understanding your audience is critical and understanding what your audience is looking for 
And the best way to really engage with them will really improve your marketing experience. So one of the things we do is with the data that we collect with an ad role, both anonymous and what we call identified data, we're able to create these audience graphs that enable you to identify which channel your target audience would really engage with. What channels will they engage with? What messaging resonates with them? What product sets are they are the best to serve up to them? So like I said, the data is very, very meaningful and the personalization is what's going to really help you drive that conversion once you have the traffic on your site, drive that conversion into a sale and really drive revenue. But it really goes back to making sure you're taking that first party data. And in fact, one of the things we've been working very closely with Google is starting to make that shift and helping our customers make that shift into becoming more reliant on the first party data. To me, the most insightful thing that I've heard this week is the the notion of getting to the next level of data where most marketers think of, well, I need data to understand who I'm going to target. I need women 25 to 35 years old that are interested in eyelash boost because that's the product that I'm selling. The example we used earlier this week. And what you said that I thought was interesting is it's not just women that are interested in makeup that are this specific age. It's which products did they put in their cart? And that means that they are a specific skin tone, which means they're likely going to be interested in these other three products because they all match together. Preface this with, I know nothing about makeup. Well, maybe a little, but anyway, (laughs) to me, that next level of data that you mentioned from this example really highlights not only the power of your first party data, how it's going to drive more conversions because it gives you a better understanding of who your customers are that is a level deeper than just age, weight, height, city of origin, IP address. It's what products they're specifically looking at, which can tell you specific things about them as a person. And that's what really allows you to, well, personalize, which makes the biggest difference in e-commerce. So Roly, I appreciate you walking us through some of these examples of how to use data, how to personalize. Any last words you have on the use of data, what AdRoll does, and how you're personalizing your customer experiences? You've summed it up really well. The only other thing I would add here is data privacy and personalization. They're both real phenomena that is still evolving. So I'm actually really excited to see how that evolution happens and that tension continues to be there and becomes more productive. The other thing I would say is the direction the industry is moving on is a world where there is omni-channel marketing, ads on the open web and social Plus email and SMS is becoming a meaningful channel for marketers and how each one of those channels really work with each other. Our belief within AdRoll is with data and having the right level of data to really drive the right orchestration across these channels. When they work together, they actually are better together and deliver much higher value back to the e-commerce brand. So our mantra is better together, which is when all the different channels orchestrated by meaningful personalized data work together, they deliver higher value. I think that's the right strategy. You're not just using the data that you collect to understand your customers. You're thinking about how to reach them across multiple channels, right person, right place, right time. That's the name of the game. Roly, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you so much for supporting and sponsoring the MarTech podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been a pleasure. All right, and that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Roly Saxena, the president of AdRoll, for joining us. 
If you'd like to get in touch with Roly, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is Roly Saxena, R-O-L-I-S-A-X-E-N-A. Or you could visit her company's website, which is adroll.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once-a-week newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.